your centers are ready to rock, you have all the procedures figured out, your materials are organized, you have a great combination of digital and printable centers, and you have a framework that is going to work for you and your classroom. Now it's time to start meeting with students. So how do you start putting your students into groups? Today, we're going to chat about how you can make sure you're grouping your students for centers in a way that is going to make all of your hard work worth it. On to the episode. Welcome to the Teaching Made Easy podcast, where it's all about simple systems that actually work so you can finally teach and give your students bigger impact in their learning. Teaching is hard, y'all, but what if I told you that sometimes we make it harder than it has to be? I'm Farah, CEO of Farah Henley Education and host of the Teaching Made Easy podcast. I've been an educator for almost 25 years, and to say I've seen a thing or two is an understatement. I know how much you pour your heart and soul into your students and your classroom, and I want to help you find some simple ways to have a bigger impact without breaking the bank or spending all your free time focused on school. You don't have to be a Pinterest teacher to be a great teacher, and that is what this podcast is all about. So grab your favorite beverage, head out on that walk, or just soak the day away in a bubble bath. But sit back and let's enter the world of teaching made easy. Welcome back, educational rock stars, to another happy Saturday. I hope you are getting some rest this weekend. I I can tell you that it has been a rough couple of weeks for myself. Um, you may hear it in my voice a little bit. I've been very under the weather. And actually, um, yesterday, I had to go get a COVID test. I shared on my Instagram that whole journey. It was such a, a crazy journey on getting that COVID test done. I am excited though to tell you that I did get my results back and my test was negative. So that is a positive. So it looks like I just have the flu, which I never thought I would be sitting in a space saying, well, I just have the flu because used to, that was pretty much the worst that you could get. So, um, but yeah, so I am a little bit under the weather, but I know I'm going to be on the mend and I can finally relax knowing that I don't have COVID. But what it does do is it delays me getting the vaccine um, because I've got to get through this before I can go get the vaccine. So that's a little bit of a delay. But I'm super excited to be back with you this week and sharing with you my tips for how to group your students for small group or group your students for um for your math and literacy centers, and I cannot wait to start chatting about that with you. Now, I would like to ask you, if you are a new listener, welcome. We are so excited that you found the podcast. If you would do me a really big favor, if you would screenshot this wherever you're at, screenshot your phone, take a screenshot of yourself listening to this podcast, and share it out on Instagram or Facebook, and be sure you tag at Farrah Henley Education. We want to know where you're tuning in from and how you're listening to the podcast. We love to connect with our listeners and we just thought this would be a really fun way to be able to connect with you and see where you're at and how you're listening. Um, are you listening to us while you're walking? Are you listening to us while you're cleaning up your classroom at the end of the uh, at the end of the day? We just want to know. We just want to know where you're listening. So Again, if you'll just take a screenshot of your phone, screenshot of yourself, 
uh, listening to the podcast and then share it on social. And you can tag us again at Fairy Henley Education. And while you're there, make sure you're following us because we share updates and tips and strategies over on all of our social media platforms as well. All right, so let's dive into today's episode. Now, when you're grouping students for your math and literacy centers, there are two ways that you can group your students. You can group them heterogeneously or homogeneously. Now, if you group them heterogeneously, you are going to be grouping, um, making your center groups based off different levels. And this is often seen in classrooms where uh, teachers are running centers and they are randomly pulling students up to their table while centers are running. Now, this can be done. I personally did not like doing this during my math and literacy centers just simply because I wanted to meet with all of my students every single day. But if you have a situation in your classroom where you've got some students that are above grade level and you don't need to meet with them every single day, and meeting with them a couple of times a week would be fine, then that then heterogeneous grouping would be great. And I, I used it when I was teaching um, my fourth and fifth graders because I was doing more novel study type, type things and I would pull them um, in, in smaller groups and it was kind of random uh, as far as that. But with the lower levels, I like the next you know way of grouping your students, which is homogeneously. Now, when you are grouping them homogeneously, you are gonna be grouping them based off of their, their level most of the time or a specific skill that everyone in the group needs to work on. This would look like grouping all of your level one readers and level two readers and level three readers together. So one of these two ways is what you're going to choose when you're grouping your students and how which one of those you choose is going to be based on what is best for your current classroom makeup. You're going to want to start with three groups. You're going to want to start with a group that is uh, below level, a group that is on level, and a group that is above level. Now, again, I prefer homogeneous grouping. So when you group with the below level, the uh, on level, and above level, you're, you're going to find that those groups are going to be different sizes. Some you, you may have a lot in your below level, a few in your on level, and you may have only a few even less in your above level. So when you are breaking these groups down, even though you're going to start with those three groups, you're going to move on from those three groups and continue breaking them down until you have the number of groups that you need. I typically like to have anywhere from five to six groups, regardless of whether I'm teaching math or literacy and doing small group instruction. So I typically like to have anywhere from five to six groups. So if I have my below level group, the top of my below level group with the bottom of my on level group would be put together to make a group. And then the top of my on level group with the bottom of my above level group would come together to make a group. And then I would have the ends, which my below level group and my above level group for the ends to make five groups. When you are putting those groups together, you are going to want to pay attention to students who might not get along to, with each other. For example, even though I start with my below level, my on level, and my above level, and then I create the other two groups from the top and bottoms um, of those, I'm going to want to make sure that I'm not putting students that aren't going to work well together together. Now, I say that with this caveat. 
one of the one of the benefits to using math and literacy centers is that you are teaching your students to learn some of those person skills, those personable skills, and um, learning how to communicate and work with others. So I challenge you to even if you think they can't work well together, I challenge you at some point to try putting them together and see if they can get along. Now this may not work, and you may need to move them, but that is why um, you are you're grouping them the way you are so that you can very easily move somebody down or move somebody up if you need to. I typically like to keep my groups between four and six students. I really don't like going over um, that number of students. The next tip that I want to share with you is make sure you're keeping it consistent. Like I said, you might want to switch to heterogeneous on the occasional um, opportunity. For example, when you're doing some test prep on you know, an upcoming test, but if you decide to go with homogeneous at the beginning of the year, stick with homogeneous. And the reason is it's going to make your teacher life easier and your students are going to get into that routine. And you guys know I am all about routine. Now, if you decide that you are going to switch it up, which is kind of the next thing I'm gonna talk about, if you want to switch it up, then switch it up at a specific interval during the year. For example, I never really switched from heterogeneous to homogeneous, but my groups were always fluid and they should be, yours should be too. I always made sure that as students progressed, if they needed to move up, they could move up. And sometimes I even had students that needed to move down and that's okay too. By, by keeping your groups fluid and making sure you can move your students from group to group as they progress through their learning, this is going to keep your groups fresh and your students are gonna get the opportunity to practice those people skills with more than just one group of students. Make sure you do this at a specific interval. Whenever I changed my groups, it was typically around the time we were doing our uh, reading tests or our, um, our literacy tests. Maybe I was doing running records. We got to the end of a unit and I was doing a check for understanding. Make sure you pick a time that, that, that a specific time in the year is when you are going to maybe regroup your students. This gives your students that consistency they need within your math and literacy center so that they get used to the people they're working with, they get used to the, work, the, the framework, and they get used to the rotations without too much switching up. One of the biggest issues I see when I go in and observe uh, teachers using math and literacy centers is they decide every day who they're gonna work with and the students have to relearn their partner, they have to relearn the group that they're working with and maybe students get together that don't work well together and it's a daily, you know, it's up in the air. So teachers aren't sure every day how, how centers are going to run because they're not sure how their groups are going to mesh together and everybody's having to relearn everybody somebody new in the group so this is why i suggest that once you pick a system and once you pick one of the other heterogeneous or homogeneous and you form your groups make sure that you stick with those groups for a certain amount of time and give the students a chance to mesh and really get the situ or the program down so my next tip is assigning group roles. Now, this is going to be similar to what you're using in your classroom or you may be using in your classroom for jobs, for student jobs. Assign 
your jobs inside your center groups. So inside your group of say four to six students, give one student the responsibility of being the setup person. They're the one that's going to set the center up. Make sure everybody has an exit sheet if the center has an exit sheet and they're gonna get everybody ready to go when they get to the center. They're responsible for going to get the center box, taking it wherever they're gonna be working. That is their job. What is this going to eliminate? Well, especially with those younger students, it's going to eliminate wasted time with them fighting over who is in charge of setting everything up. The next thing that I would say that you need to give a job for is someone who's a cleanup person. So after everything is done, that one person who is responsible for making sure all the supplies get back into the box. The other thing that you could have somebody um, responsible for is making sure that um, if a pencil broke inside the center while they were at it, that maybe that gets put back at, during rotation, that gets put into the cup to be sharpened or it gets switched out if you have a pencil station. So there are so many jobs that you could have within your center groups, but by giving everybody a specific job, it makes sure that your centers are running like clockwork and nobody is nobody's confused as to what they should be doing when it's time to go to that center group. Grouping your students can be just absolutely frustrating sometimes, but if you have a system in place, you are going to get the biggest impact from your groups. Make sure you choose either heterogeneous or homogeneous. My favorite is homogeneous and make sure that you stick with it for a certain amount of time and don't switch your groups up too much. Give your students a chance to work with each other. Give them a chance to get in the groove and you are going to see your math and literacy centers run like clockwork. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can find all the links mentioned in today's episode by clicking the link in the description to jump over to the show notes. I know your time is valuable as a teacher, and I am honored that you chose to spend a piece of it with me. Help other teachers like you find the podcast by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified when new episodes are available. Thanks again for listening, and most importantly, keep being educational rock stars.